0: hello everybody and welcome back to the brodo fantasy football podcast i'm your interim host jason tim is not around today but i'm here with michael what's up uh we have a very exciting guest on today Derek brown uh just a great guy to talk to yeah it was a fantastic interview so make sure to stick around for that he knows his fantasy stuff had a lot of fun offered a lot of good draft strategies some players to focus on and some players to fade it was a good conversation Before we get into that, we're going to talk some draft strategies as well. Want to get started? Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop.
0: It is June 2nd today june 2nd that's correct i completely forgot what that i didn't know if i was telling that
1: right.
0: <laughs> it's june 2nd today and we have already started doing fantasy drafts uh best ball has become more common in recent years um because you're not there's no point of really you can draft a team this early with free agency and all that but there's so much to you don't know about it's tough so best ball is a great way to draft this early on in the season because you have The ability to draft teams that you don't have to worry about during the season and you get total points and things of that sort. So check out a best ball draft on FFPC if you haven't yet. Um, Go to our site. Check out our articles as well. We have links to the FFPC and you guys could just, yeah, check it out and join some leagues there. We're going to be joining leagues there. You could draft with us. But best ball draft strategies I want to talk about a little bit today because there is a big difference between best ball drafts and classic drafts when it comes to. When it comes to drafting <clears throat> bye weeks, for example, is big. Uh, upside is big. So, what are, because you drafted actually a couple teams already on uh, $35 FFPCs this year. What were some strategies that you went with going into those drafts? Strategy number one for best ball you're going to te- see my team stacked, 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 stacked with late round running backs. I've said this on earlier pods i'm gonna say it again i'm all about the seesaw draft strategy i'm coining the term tell it to your friends let's get it going Seesaw. it's the new zero running back seesaw you take running backs early first two rounds at least two in the first three rounds and then you fill out your wide receivers your tight ends i still like to take quarterbacks late and then you get high upside running backs take those handcuffs the guys who back up uh Austin Eckler, the guy who backs up Joe Mixon, the guy who backs up Derrick Henry, take those guys in the back end of best ball drafts. If they don't perform, it's okay. Because you're going to have the highest scores of the week get placed into your lineup, and they're not going to be that. So what? You're getting them in the 15th round. But if that guy in front of them gets injured, and they take over and uh, come into the starting lineup, best ball drafts typically don't have uh, free agency so it's not like anyone is going to have these guys if you don't draft them so you take them if they end up becoming number one running backs. so you could have a bomb squad by the end of the year yeah i think that makes a lot of sense especially how do you feel about handcuffing your own guys do you like to handcuff your own guys or do you like to go after other people's handcuffs like for example you said derrick county like a darrington evans or if you have like a, say you drafted austin eckler are you going to go after, like, a Justin Jackson or a Joshua Kelly first? Yeah, I think that uh, handcuffs depend on ADP. Like I just said, I like to take late round running backs, um, like very late. So if handcuffs start being drafted, really, we always we always alluded to Daryl Henderson, right, last year, hopping up to the fourth round. If I drafted Todd Gurley, I wasn't going to draft Daryl Henderson. But if the handcuff stays late, then why not take the handcuff to your own guy? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. One, another a draft strategy for me when it comes to best ball drafts. Best ball drafts are where you take advantage of the up and down players. Mm-hmm. For example, you did a draft last weekend, which uh, I think we haven't even shared it on Twitter. We'll probably share it on Twitter. Get your guys' feedback. I thought Jason did a great job in the draft. Thank you, God. Sir. He drafted Amari Cooper. At, in and the you know I don't like Amari yeah, Cooper. In the fourth round, uh, he had the eighth pick, so four point four. He drafted Amari Cooper, and I was like, dude, that is a great value there because he started with uh, he started with a running back, Austin Eckler. He went George Kittle. Remember this is tight end premium. Mm-hmm. And then- Le'Veon Bell, which I thought was tremendous value, and then Amari Cooper as the number one on receiver. You get the boom weeks. And he could sit comfortably on the bench during the bust weeks. Listen, if you can get a number one receiver that's being drafted in redraft, like as a number one receiver, basically, as your best ball number one receiver in the fourth round. Yeah, that's great. So now when you have those weeks where Amari Cooper puts up <clears throat> 25, 28, 29 points, he's in your starting lineup. And then the weeks where you know what's going to happen because he's Amari Cooper, two points, three points, seven points. He just sits on your bench. Get up. Gotcha. Exactly. And you drafted all these wide receivers who could just fill in for him for those weeks that you drafted in like the 11th, 12th round, like a Justin Jefferson or someone of that sort. If it's like week 11 and Justin Jefferson is now a big part of the offense and Omari Cooper has a terrible game and Justin Jefferson goes five catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. There you go. Justin Jefferson's in your starting lineup. So I think it's a great time to go uh, boom bust as well when it comes to the wide receivers, Mr. because those are the times where you get to actually utilize those players and not have to worry, oh, no, guess what, guys? I have Amari Cooper in my lineup this week, and he got me two points. Oh, I hate Amari Cooper, which is why we hate Amari Cooper in typical redraft. Yeah. But in basketball, like, he is on a completely different territory in our eyes when it comes to drafting wide receivers. So that's something when, uh, when it comes to best ball and classic drafts, that's something we that you have to differentiate in your mind and just get used to that that players you don't like because of inconsistencies might end up being very helpful because of their inconsistencies because of deep benches and the ability to sit on your bench in bad weeks without you needing to actually place them in your starting lineup Mm -hmm. so how do you feel about quarterbacks in best ball i know tim did a best ball on ffpc earlier in the season where he didn't realize quarterbacks were going to go so early because it's best ball, right? You need – there's only so many starting quarterbacks. And he ended up stuck with – I think it was – I can't even remember who he got caught with. I know he got – he drafted Tua and Fitzpatrick. He had to because he got left with those guys. And I think like a Nick Foles and someone else. At least he has one quarterback. So he has a quarterback. He ended up having three team starting quarterbacks, you know, because like Tua and Fitz counts – For Miami because one of those two are going to be starting all year and then you you drafted uh last week and you were able to get like a Drew Brees um a Ryan Tannehill you went a little earlier after seeing what happened to Timmy so how how do you uh handle these quarterbacks in your best ball drafts yeah I definitely adapted after Tim so best is a little different than redraft because redraft people are starting 12 quarterbacks a week um there's gonna be streamers and such best ball all the starting quarterbacks going to be drafted and you don't want those guys to be drafted before you go. So I learned from Tim's mistake and Tim's going to learn from his mistake. And sometimes you need to pay a little bit more than you want to for quarterbacks. The good thing is there's typically 12 teams in a draft. So even if quarterbacks start to fly, how many could really go before it comes back to you? And it may be earlier than you want to take a quarterback, but if there's 11, 12 quarterbacks off the board and you're at like a turn and you're not going to get your pick back and 24 picks, like you need to take a quarterback at that point. So you really need to play the board um, in best ball, and you might need to pay up a little more for a quarterback. And that's okay because at the end of the day, you need a quarterback and there's no waiver wire. Yeah, that's another thing about best ball drafts. There is no waiver wire. So you just draft your team and that's it. That's why the benches are so deep too. I want to talk about kickers in best balls, kickers and defenses, because you, these are two things you have to discuss. But when it comes we to don't kickers, we have to talk about kickers. We have to talk about, kickers, talk, we we to talk about kickers. kickers. When it comes to kickers in best ball leagues, I think it's actually pretty damn tough figuring out when to draft kickers because kickers lose their jobs all the time. And if you end up with kickers that lose their jobs, you have to just eat a zero every week at that position in your best ball lineup. So I, I I'm on the side of, I'm going to try to get a top five or so kicker and lock that down. in like the 14th, 15th round, because I don't think there's much of a difference drafting wide receiver in round 15 compared to round 17 or 18 when it comes to that late, because you're just going to go after your guys anyways. And then I'll draft like a, a couple more kickers that maybe aren't as, trustworthy. as like a Will Lutz or Justin Tucker, but I definitely at least want one of those guys that I could trust to be in my lineup basically every week and not have zero kickers throughout the season. How do you feel about the kicker position uh, when it comes to best balls? Are you yet. doing the same thing? You're right, because in best ball, I was just saying, you want to stack your team with high upside guys in the later rounds. You can't do that if you're picking up four kickers and just guessing on which kickers are going to still be playable come playoff time. So, best ball, it does make sense to get a kicker who's going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, actually produce every week. Yeah. I feel like so I agree with you. Defenses, on the other hand, I feel like defenses are such a crapshoot every defenses year. Defenses are like quarterbacks. There's always a team that you don't expect that becomes the number one defense. That's what I'm saying. Like, where I, I want to, I don't have San Francisco's ADP from last season. But they ended up like a top three defense, and where was San Francisco going? New England was what? Drafted like a seventh or eighth defense. They ended up number one. Pittsburgh, two. And then remember when the year Jacksonville was like one of the best pieces of all time? Yeah, and then suck the next year. And then the next year, they're like an eighth-round pick, and they suck. Yeah, so when it comes to defenses, I'm opposite from kickers. I'm not trying to get a great defense early. I'm waiting, and I'm just grabbing three defenses that I think have a fairly easy schedule or like for instance i think the jets defense is a tremendous value when it comes to defenses because these they're going in the bottom third of the draft they get to face the bills twice a year which I to
1: say that josh allen six is games.
0: inaccurate so that's some the AFC east. yeah he gets Tua orion fitzpatrick and then he gets jarrett stidham that's six games in the afc east so yes yeah, i'm up for the jets defense and i like going after teams that have the schedules that or the divisions that Really show that they have a shot at being a pretty good defense. Honestly, all the defenses in the AFC circuit plays this year. Yeah, I agree. The Dolphins, the worst of all, but yo, the Bills, have some Patriots, good and Jets, man. they do, they do. They're definitely working from the outside in. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch. True that. Yeah, that is our uh, quick best ball draft strategy. Next up is our Real recognized, Real podcast with Derek Brown. Derek Brown, this was a tremendous interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, You're going to learn a lot listening to what he has to say, and it was just an overall great conversation. So hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Now welcoming for our Real recognized, Real segment of the podcast, Derek Brown, at dbro underscore FBB, one of the best fantasy football followers on Twitter, Uh, FSWA fantasy writer, a uh, guest for Serious Fantasy and The Sweat DK. He's also a co-author of the Fantasy Football Black Book series, formerly of the Quant Edge. What's going on, Derek? Thanks so much for joining us.
2: What's going on, guys? Thank you all for having me. This should be a blast, man. Uh, I, 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 we're all staying safe. Everybody's healthy. Um, I think we're all just trying to make it through quarantine and everything else going on in the world right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where are you located? How's the quarantine?
2: Uh, I'm, in, I'm near Dallas, so DFW area down in Texas.
0: Gotcha. How is it over there cuz we're in we're in New York City so it's not great.
2: Uh, it's good. I mean, you know, I, I, for everything I've seen, both on social and everything else, I mean, all the uh peaceful protests, everything. I mean, you know, nothing else, nothing too crazy. Uh I see in France they're burning cars and uh shit's going sideways. But I mean, you know, everything's good over here.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear. Glad you and yours are uh, staying healthy during these crazy times. But to jump right into fantasy football, because that's that's what brightens our days. You are the co-author of the Fantasy Black Book, which is 160 pages of fantasy goodness. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So, um, myself, Joe Pisapia is the uh, the spearhead for that. That's his baby. But, um. Very happily, my second year being one of the co-authors, um, we got an amazing team, um, from Joe to Nate Hamilton, Mike Tagliere, Bobby, Bobby Sylvester, my dude, Elliot Christ. um, tons and tons of awesome authors. And we each basically, Joe splits it up. Um, this year I did, um, I, I, I keep telling him, like, for the last two years that I get the, the unsexy parts of the book, um, that he must secretly hate me. Um, last year I had kickers and tight ends. This year I had um, the NFC North, so all the previews and teams there, and then all 32 defenses, which um, really just the whole DST portion of it. So, again, I I, I feel like he's got some kind of um, mother-in-law syndrome for me. Um, the two years, I, I've done all the unsexy work for it, but, uh, yeah, all the things in there that you probably don't care about with defense, but I'm going to tell you about anyway. Um, but a lot of stuff, whether it's matchup based and stuff like that. So, um, how to attack it, how to stream things of that nature, but now nah, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, the black book is out. Um, it will again, because last year, every year, um, every, iteration of this because he does all the different sports um always climbs to the top of uh, bestseller lists on amazon and what have you so um nah, it's been a blast man i'm glad it's uh it's out there people can get their hands on it right now
0: yeah it's very cool to have uh, to be a part of that seeing number one on amazon i was checking it out today on amazon and i saw the number one little emblem right there which is always fun
2: so have you been doing any drafts this early in the year Oh yeah, uh, I'm, I'm digging into without draft now. I'm I'm a little bit late to the to the party, but I'm digging into best balls right now. That's really the uh, the big push right now. Um, get doing a lot of FFPC best ball drafts, doing a lot of stuff over there. Um, and yeah, I mean I'm looking at ADP a lot of most of your uh, sites for your redraft folks. Uh, the ADP is not as sharp. If you really want to get a good feel or a better feel, should I say? For what ADP is probably going to look like in a lot of your redraft leagues in the next few weeks or later into the summer uh best ball uh FFPC best ball ADP is probably about where it's at right now
0: yeah FFPC is a great place to play best ball uh mm-hmm. so it's June right it just turned June so obviously you were doing some drafts in May and things and maybe even April I don't know how how crazy you get when it comes to drafting fantasy teams but oh yeah how does your strategy change when it comes to, say, drafting in Labor Day is obviously a completely different animal to drafting a best ball team in May or June. How does your strategy change when you when you tackle this type of draft?
2: Well, so as the summer goes on, we get hype pieces, training camps. Whether we get those or not, it looks like we're possibly going to. But as uh, videos and blurbs and uh, whether you're keeping up with Roto World and such – Uh, guys get hype and they get steam and the ADP sharpens a little bit so really I mean it really comes down to how sharp of a league you're in whether I mean it's if it's your family league and everybody's toting magazines that are outdated for months you're probably going to have a really really easy time and get your pick of whoever the hell you want Um, versus if you're in writer leagues or you're in industry leagues or Heck, you're just in, the, in leagues with guys that keep up with stuff regularly, or they're on Twitter more than anybody should be. Um, as the summer goes on and ADP kind of sharpens and people kind of catch on to to different players, um, depends on what sites you're on. Sometimes you can take advantage of ADPs or, or like on Yahoo and stuff like that. The ADP is not quite as sharp as other sites. It takes a little bit of uh, time to adjust. But really, if you're doing these drafts right before the season begins, like the tail end of an ADP is super sharp, or about as sharp as it's going to get, I'm really I, a lot of different ways you got to throw some of that out the window. Like if you're waiting and trying to just drain every bit of value that you possibly can out of the draft, you're probably going to miss out on a lot of your targets, or at least you're, 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 you're rolling the dice that guys that you've been high on all summer that you really, really want. I'm a big proponent of aggressively drafting, especially once you get past, because really we're talking about the crux of your team. You're making your team in these middle and later rounds. It's not the, the first few rounds of a draft. I mean, that's pretty much chalk um, in a lot of different aspects. So if you're drafting at the turn or you're at the middle of the rounds, I'm really going to aggressively target guys that I'm high on, guys that I've done the work, guys that I really want on my teams. And I don't care if it's like people walk out of it, or they get the email at the end of the draft or after the draft, and it says, oh, I got a grade of an F. That does not mean anything to me. It means nothing. Okay. What matters is that you're hoisting the trophy at the end of the year, and you get the guys that you walk out of the draft with the guys that you're high on, you've done the homework on, and you're really, really – Big into that year, so if it's taking somebody around early, two rounds early to make sure that I get the guys that I want, I'm absolutely comfortable with that. Especially when you get closer to the season.
0: With all of that being said, um, two prong question here: Do you prefer drafting early or later towards the season, and where have you had more success? If it has been obvious in one way,
2: um, honestly. I do way too many drafts. So I'm fine with doing drafting whenever it doesn't matter to me. Um, but I think that there are certain edges um, earlier in the off season, if you're doing these drafts early in the preseason, especially that, I mean, there's small little nooks and crannies where you can find extra value, whether, you're taking advantage of your league rules and you're not drafting a defense and you're not drafting a kicker. If you're allowed to, you're taking bench stash guys, guys that are one injury away from being stars or being guys that gain tons of value just because I mean, every year we see injuries in training camp. So if you're doing super early drafts, taking advantage of league rules and stuff like that, but really, I think that once before we get to training camps and sometimes even in training camps, I think that earlier on you can get better value on a lot of these rookies than um, you do later, especially after hype and camp comes out and some of these battles declare themselves or, or clear-cut starters are, you know, we we know who it's going to be walking into the season. If you're doing some of the drafts early, I think you can get better value on rookies um, in a lot of ways.
0: Are you a little scared, though, about hype getting a little too crazy? Like, for instance, last season when Daryl Henderson – just out of nowhere, like jumps Todd Gurley in sub drafts.
2: I never bought into the Daryl Henderson hype. Never. I still don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That kind of blew our minds too. But is there, is there something you look for specifically where like uh, during the off season, say like uh, a new coach or maybe like uh, a new contract or something of that sort that you think is a little under the radar, but you you think it helps
2: uh, evaluating fantasy players? Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it, whether it's, um, volume. I mean, we all know volume is king in fantasy and there are a lot of underrated assets that you could target volume, whether that's pass catchers, whether that's running backs and some of that's knowing your league and some of that's just knowing format. So whether it's last year's hype machines and they didn't pan off pan out, so You'll have some guys that like literally drafters, especially more of your casual players, will never draft that guy ever again. They won't touch him. They will never, ever, 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 because they got burned once. Like David Montgomery, for instance. David Montgomery is going to walk into just a monstrous volume load this year. Nobody is going to take away the early downs from him. That guy is not on the roster. We know Tariq Cohen's going to have passing down work, but you're going to have a lot of people that Dan Montgomery is going to fall into the middle of the rounds of your draft. And there is a huge path. If this offense is any better this year, there's a lot of guys that are like that where people get burned and they're like, nah, I don't want it. I ain't for it. I ain't going to have him. And it doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the volume. It doesn't matter what the other things that are coming out about him and people just will not draft them.
0: Uh, so you talked about how volume is King and fantasy. Uh, We are also big proponents of efficiency. We created a stat, uh, True Values, that measures uh, basically how many fantasy points a quarterback gets for each throw. And then we try to extrapolate that onto the running backs, receivers, tight ends to see how many expected points these guys are going to get per target. So we're taking a more efficiency-based approach look at that rather than volume. Because I'd rather someone get five targets from Patrick Mahomes than seven from Josh Allen. So when you're drafting, how do you try to measure efficiency and volume?
2: I think it, it, it's a two-prong approach um, and a lot of different efficiency metrics that you're looking at. Um, you obviously, volume is one of the best predictors, so you need to have opportunities to get fantasy points. It's just, it just is what it is. Guys that live off of three and four targets a game, as efficient as they are, they're going to be probably more volatile than they are consistent, and they're going to be more matchup-based than they are a guy that you're going to plug and play or depend on, you know, to win your weeks or week in and week out. So, Um, I, it's not that I overlook efficiency because that's definitely part of the puzzle because that's where you get explosive plays. That's where you get, um, you know, higher, your high end ceiling weeks, you know? So I think efficiency is very big. If you're looking at the running back position, whether you're looking at, um, evaded tackles, you're looking at explosive run rates, you're looking at the offensive line that the guy's running behind, um, a lot of different ways of that are yards per carry per touch um, that at least as far as running backs go, as far as wide receivers, there's a lot of different ways that you can dive through efficiency, whether you're going through coverage metrics and how guys succeed versus um, looking at how the offense runs and whether you're look, targeting guys late. And I, I really like to, in a lot of different aspects I've gone more towards playing redraft like I play DFS so you have certain anchors of your your lineup week to week and then honestly like those wide receiver 2 and 3 spots man I'm fine with playing matchups I I'm totally fine with it like in a lot of different drafts this year the only guy I I'm really going to go running back heavy in a lot of my drafts but if I'm going to take that wide receiver that because we've seen in some ways, the death of the alpha wide receiver, like these guys with these monstrous target shares kind of die off. And so really, if I'm going to go after a guy in the first round, it's going to be Devontae Adams. So he's got the efficiency. He's got the volume. He is one of, um, he really this year, he's my, the closest thing that I think we get to last year's Michael Thomas is the guy that's just going to just steamroll everybody every single week. And you can just set him, forget him. So There's a lot of different things to unpack with as far as efficiency and stuff like that. But I still think that you marry that with volume because that's where you're going to find not only your floor, but your ceiling.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable that Devontae Adams is still really the only receiving weapon in Green Bay. The fact that they went the whole offseason and uh, the draft without really getting any help for Aaron Rodgers was a
2: bit absurd to me. But yeah, you I said Devin
0: Funches is going to do anything. Yeah, Devin Oh,
2: good God. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go for the second target for Green Bay, Jay Sternberger is about the best hope that you got because Almer's Al Al-Lazard is not going to be a thing. Like, just because he's a, a warm body in the room, same thing with Devin Funches, it doesn't make them good. It doesn't make them into good receivers. So if you're targeting anybody as the second option there, it's Sternberger for me. But past that, give me all the Devontae Adams I can get a hold of this year.
0: You were saying earlier that you're not afraid to go grab your guys in drafts in mid to later mm-hmm. rounds. You also said that you're not afraid to draft this early and that you've gone through a bunch of drafts. So who are some guys that you see yourself reaching for at this point uh, in the
2: year? Um, I really want uh, – so there's – I mean, there's a handful of guys. So Kenyon Drake is a guy that's in an amazing offensive situation. Arizona, we, we, we've seen. The offense has the ability to explode this year. I mean, everybody knows DeAndre Hopkins is there, but what we really need to target is these offenses that were not only are going to run a lot of plays. Arizona, the first three, four weeks of the season, they were at the top of the league in pace and plays run per game, and then you saw that massively slow down as the season went. So if they pick that back up with better receiving weapons, the touchdown upside is massive there. We've seen Kenyon Drake, really, it's his backfield. I understand Chase Edmonds played well last year. I understand they they sunk some uh, equity into Eno Benjamin, although he was like, what, a seventh-round pick? Yeah. So I'm not worried about Kenyon Drake having the role there. He is a guy that I right now, per FFPC ADP, he's going at the end of the first. I will take Kenyon Drake in the middle of the first. I'll take him near the top. It does not matter. I'm really high on him. I want a lot of Miles Sanders because I think Philadelphia – People are scared off of. They're worried about whether, you know, this team adds a running back. Let them add a running back. I don't care. They're going to be near the top of the the league in rushing attempts. Miles Sanders is going to play in both phases of the game. So even if he gets stopped on the early downs, he is going to have work in the passing game. This offense is going to be better. I mean, they were playing with basically water boys running out there playing wide receiver. They had our Sega whiteside They, I mean, it was all tight ends. Wentz played really, really well last year despite – and the volume is going to be there. The pace is going to be there. I really like Miles Sanders, and I'm not worried. If he's going to drop in drafts because people are scared about a, ball, a, a what a veteran back being there, whether they sign McCoy or the, the ghost of Shady McCoy mm-hmm. or Devontae Freeman, it, it's not going to scare me off of him. Um, moving over to wide receiver, I, I really I, – I love Robert Woods. He is one of the yeah. most uh, – that's our guy. The unsexy guy that nobody wants. And I, I can't get it. Like, I don't understand why people hate this guy because they, they have to hate him or they hate fantasy points. You
0: know what we call uh, – we actually wrote an article about it. We called Robert Woods an ice cream sandwich because it's always just amazing to eat, but it gets no love.
2: Dude, I love ice cream sandwiches, so I'm all about that life, man. <laughs> Dude, he he is the last three years fantasy points per game. He's a top 15, top 20 wide receiver, and nobody wants him. He's seventh in targets over the last two years, and nobody wants him. This offense was fifth in the NFL in red zone attempts per game, and nobody wants him. He's the one wide receiver in that whole freaking offense that whether they run 11, whether they run 12, he's not coming off the field, and nobody wants him. He, uh, him and a few other wide receivers, whether you go Allen Robinson, whether you're looking at tower Lockett, whether you're looking at all these other wide receivers that drop into the fourth to seventh round and are top 12 top 15 options. That is one of the biggest reasons why I'm all about going running back, running back, running back. And then just swallowing up wide receivers through rounds four through seven, because I can mix and match unless I'm going Devonte Adams in the first round. I'm all about just going running back from my first three rounds and then just piecing together wide receivers because like all the Robert Woods of the world, there are wide receivers that are top 20 options that can be had after the fourth round, and people don't want them. They hate them, and I will absolutely press the button in every single one of my drafts for them too.
0: Yeah, in our draft so far, we've been starting running back and then snatching up wide receiver value as well because it just seems that the wide receivers, because the – top half of the draft is so running back heavy it's a little weird that there's so many receivers even like later on in the drafts too but yeah I actually just finished writing an article like last week about how I prefer Robert Woods to Cooper Cup this season so that's just from there you could tell that we're going to be owning a lot of Robert Woods because he's like a round or two after Cooper Cup which doesn't really make much sense to me personally
2: well, and I, I can actually make a case for it. If he's going round or two after, yeah, FFPC right now, you have Cup in the fourth, Woods is in the fifth. I'm actually a big proponent of of cornering the market, and like I'm talking about with DFS, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for stacking good offenses and stacking offenses that you know – because there are certain quarterbacks that can support two good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You have Atlanta. We saw it last year in Tampa. You have the Rams. There are a lot of offenses there that can support two top 24 options. And I'm not afraid of taking two guys from the same offense. Because here's the fact. If the offense is really good and they're scoring points and you get two guys that are in the top 20, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And you're worried about people are like, well, what about the bye weeks? Yeah. Who gives a shit about bye weeks when we're talking about drafts? Who wor- Who's worried about week eight when you're walking out of a draft? I'm not worried about week eight. I'm not worried about week five or week 13. I'll figure that out and stream a dude off the waiver wire when it comes to that. I'm not worried. That's one of the other things that people worry about in drafts, and I never understand it. Unless I'm doing best ball, I don't care about bye weeks. They don't matter to me. Does not matter because the complexion of your team – when you walk out of a draft versus week 13 week eight week four even is going to be totally different so it doesn't matter i don't care about bye weeks if anybody's worried about bye weeks (laughs) fade it all the way through
0: yeah couldn't agree with you more i'm gonna go back to something you mentioned earlier where you said you're going running back running back running back wide receivers uh we've coined that as the seesaw drafting strategy so take your running backs level out with the rest of your players and then go for high upside running backs later in the draft. Um, so I wanted to ask you what uh, high upside potentially handcuffs or just running backs who uh, are being undervalued right now, guys, are you targeting at the back end of the draft?
2: So it's really you're one injury away guys. Now, whether that's um, if we want to get really deep into the weeds, let me look up ADP and I can name off a few. I mean, one guy that's screaming to me, I love him in dynasty if um if you got especially leagues where there are deep benches if anything happens to Derrick Henry Darrington Evans is going to be a league winner an absolute league winner there's nobody on that entire roster that's going to question him he's a third round pick out of the draft he's got the ability to play in both phases of the game we've seen that this this is a team that wants to run the freaking ball yeah. and there is nobody that's going to take volume away from him so Currently, Darrington Evans is going in – where did I – just passed him. He is going to go in the – where is he at? The 15th round? Has to be somewhere. Yep, he's at the tail end of the 15th round in best ball drafts. I want him in best ball. I want him on the end of every redraft bench I possibly can. I love him, and I'm also a huge proponent of Josh Kelly. I love Josh Kelly because the fact of it is, is that it's not me fading Austin Eckler. It's the fact that the Chargers are, have come out and said they're going to run the ball, so they're going to run the ball. Eckler is not going to be a twenty-five carry guy. That is just a fact. Last year we saw plenty enough volume on the ground to support two running backs, and after Melvin Gordon came back, out of Eckler's seven attempts inside the ten last year, once Gilt Gordon was back, he only got two, two. So I don't even know if Austin Eckler is going to be that guy that gets those money touches at the goal line. So I really think that these are two rookies that you can gobble up for pennies at the end of your drafts. If anything happens at training camp, hell, if anything happens early in the season, they both have league winning upside. Absolutely.
0: So we touched on some sleepers and guys you're targeting. On the other hand, there has to be some guys that it gets to your turn and you're just like, every time I can't take this guy that you own zero shares off, maybe one share. If you have a few like 10, 20 teams, what, what are some guys that you just don't really see yourself drafting?
2: I don't want Aaron Jones. I don't want him at all um, this year because even if he falls like late second, Nope, I don't want to touch him. I, I don't want any part of Aaron Jones. Uh, and it's not, I love Aaron Jones, the player. I still love Aaron Jones, the player. I hate Matt LaFleur, the coach. (laughs) Like we're talking about Devontae Adams. Like I know where the ball is going. It's going to go to Devontae Adams as long as they're passing the freaking ball. When they go to run the ball, I have no clue what the Packers are going to do. They have Jamal Williams. And as much as LaFleur, he tried to make Jamal Williams a thing last year. Like that is legit. Aaron Jones had a monster stretch down the end of the year that really puffed up his numbers. I mean, over the last four weeks, the guy was over 130 total yards per game each game. So you're looking at his end of the season stuff. Yes, we know about the touchdowns. Yes, they're going to regress. That's not really what I'm leaning on here. It's more about I don't know where the ball is going to go. And they they invested a second-round pick in A.J. Dillon, who I think is – god awful i mean i don't want any aj <laughs> Dillon. i don't want him in dynasty i don't want him in redraft i don't want him at all i just i think that anybody that really makes um a derrick henry comp for aj Dillon has not really watched aj Dillon play they've just looked at his combine metrics because aj Dillon is not derrick henry he will never be derrick henry that is not a thing he is not even the unsexy version of derrick henry um but Aaron Jones, really, he gobbled up all of the opportunities inside the 10 last year. He swallowed up Jamal Williams 13-2 to in inside the 10 re- rushing attempts. And I don't know if that's definitively a thing this year with A.J. Dillon back with Jamal Williams, again, LaFleur, whether he tries to make him a thing, I don't want any Aaron Jones this year. I also do not want Todd Gurley at all. And I get that he is the only guy with a heartbeat that is going to get the touches, Dirt Cutter has some type of obsession with dusty, has-been running backs. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a thing. Devontae Freeman was on his last legs. He couldn't even carve out a, a meaningful role. The Falcons are going to pass the ball. Gurley last year was not efficient. He lived off of touchdowns. And as much as people want to talk about the Rams offensive line, they were middle of the road. They're not bottom of the league. I think it's Gurley that is bottom of the league in efficiency. He has no lateral agility, and I don't even know if he's going to be able to stay healthy this year. So Aaron Jones and Todd Gurley, I will happily, happily, happily have no shares of this year. Absolutely.
0: Uh, A lot of what you said about Todd Gurley could also be applied to David Johnson. I want to hear your thoughts about, that washed up running back
2: (laughs) so i i feel a little bit different about david johnson i feel like david johnson gets a little bit of a bad rap i understand the injury concerns and they're they're real he's been dinged up and yes i everybody has seen the video of him looking like he's basically trying to carry a couch on his back trying to turn the corner and get up the field but man i i really think the cardinals tried to bury david johnson last year like this guy you could tell the way he played now if anybody goes back and they watch the games at the beginning of the year and you watch david johnson on the field he was not dust he was not terrible he was not this lumbering horrible back that looked like todd Gurley looked like the entirety of the year so i'm 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 actually probably a little bit higher on david johnson than y'all are i i If he falls because people are worried about it, I'm willing to sit here and and push the button on David Johnson because the fact of it is is that Bill O'Brien, as long as David Johnson, and I know it it is a huge if, huge if, as long as David Johnson is healthy or at least on the field, Bill O'Brien has shown it does not matter if he played a third-round pick for Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson is not going to be the guy there. He is not going to play him or give him volume. And I understand how much all of Twitter wants Duke Johnson to be a thing. (laughs) Bill O'Brien does not want Duke Johnson to be a thing. And that's really what we need to understand here. He made Carlos Hyde a thing. Carlos Hyde ran for a thousand yards last year. That actually happened. So as long as David Johnson can stay healthy, which there there is huge risk there, but if he drops in drafts, If the guy's on the field, he's going to be a top-20 running back. Like, that's a thing. So I'm probably higher on – it sounds like I'm higher on David Johnson than y'all are. It really comes down to costs because as long as the health is there, which it's, again, big if, Mm -hmm. he's going to pay off his draft costs most likely.
0: Before we let you go, there's one more mid-range running back that I know you are a big fan of, so I'm going to let you talk about him a little bit cam acres why are you so <laughs> a fan
2: of y'all cam- setting me up man <laughs> dude i love cam acres cam acres is one of the and we're talking about early drafts cam acres is not getting the love because one we have one part daryl henderson hypers people that have take lock and they want daryl henderson and i'm sorry if 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 y'all are included in this i apologize um we're not. no <laughs> good good see see uh, this is a safe space all right good good i know i can if I had hair, I, I would say I'd let my hair down, but uh, sadly I don't. Um, Cam Akers is going to be the lead back in this offense. That is a fact. And for anybody that is not caught on to that fact, all I can tell you is I'm sorry. Because the Rams spent their first pick at the top of the second round on him. They're not going to sow more equity into Cam Akers and then split touches with Daryl Henderson when they invested more equity into him this year. And for everybody that wants to top PFF grades to me, get the hell out of here because I'm not worried about their offensive line. Is it a question mark? Yes. Is it bottom of the league? Hell no. It is not bottom of the league, not any stretch, shape, form, or fashion. Not at all. They were 19th the adjusted line yards. They were in the middle of the road for getting the running backs to the second level. Unlike Todd Gurley, Cam Akers can make things happen in the open field. It was a huge outlier year last year with the Rams offense. I think everybody wants to talk about that. They're going to go back to being a 12 personnel team and they're going to have the tight ends and they're going to go heavy and blah, 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 blah. I'm on the other side of that narrative. I think that it's total crap. I think that they're going to go back to what they did the year previous when Jared Goff was at his best. Um, I think that McVay wants to get back to spreading teams out, put them in 11 personnel. I think that why else, if you're not going to do that, then then somebody needs to come at me and tell me, if you're not going to go back to running 11, there are two biggest reasons that we, we get at least an idea about what teams want to do, and that's free agency and that's the draft. They took Cam Akers and Van Jefferson in the second. You don't make those picks, and you don't go away from offensive line if one of the, if you're not okay with your offensive line, and if you don't want to get back to using your offensive personnel in a better fashion than what they did last year, those picks scream to me that they want to go. They want to spread people out. They want to go at eleven, which is going to help the offensive line as well as opposed to trying to get downhill run twelve. So. Cam Akers is, to me, he is one of the biggest steals right now in any draft. I think he's probably still going to be a steal walking into the season because you will have people that are going to still hype Henderson. It's going to happen. It's going to be a thing, or people are going to be scared about it. You do not invest the equity as the Rams team to put Cam Akers on the bench. You don't do it if you have any belief at all for Daryl Henderson cam Akers is going to be a top 15 top 20 running back legit there you
0: go, guys draft some cam Akers uh in your fantasy drafts this season derek thank you so much for joining us why don't you tell the people uh where they could find you
2: yeah you can find me at Debro underscore on twitter i'm pretty much on there, brain vomiting all the stats um as i'm doing my own research throughout the year or just writing stuff so check me out on twitter um Get some things and stuff in the works. So um yeah, hit the notification button, turn it on. Um, I will be having some announcements coming up in the next few weeks about where my content will be going forward. Ooh,
0: spicy. Very nice. All right, Derek. Thanks so much. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you all for having me. It was a blast.
0: And that was Derek Brown. Thank you so much, Derek. That was that was great. D bro. That was a lot of fun. He uh he knows his stuff and he really enjoys the nice cam makers on his team.
3: Cam makers.
0: We told him after the Cam interview that we are definitely going to need to look more into Cam Akers because if he's that hell-bent on Cam Akers, then we're going to have to... Uh, I feel like there's a good pun in there, and I can't put my finger on it. Jason's just looking up. I wish you guys were watching this. Jason's just looking up to the sky, whispering to himself, Cam Akers. Cam Akers, Mark. Cam Akers, really Mark, bad. like the whiskey? Yeah. I, I, it sounds like there's a good pun there. <laughs> I don't got it. I'll come up with it one day. We'll come up with something. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as we said, Tim's not here, but you could follow him on Twitter at BrodoFFTim and Instagram and all that. Uh, follow us at BrodoFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. BrodoFantasy.com for articles, True Values. True Value Report 2 is out. Uh, a Robert Woods versus Cooper Cup article is out. Uh, Jake's High Stakes Takes article is coming out within the next couple of days. So please make sure to check all that out. Um, I'm at Broto FF Mike Jay. At Broto FF Jason. And that is that. We are releasing our Patreon pod as well. So make sure to check out our Patreon for an extra pod every week. It's a lot of fun. And uh, today we're going to discuss the last five drafts and how those played out with the... Uh,
3: patron pods are fun.
0: ...teams they landed on and things of that sort. It is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, if you can support us we'd very much appreciate that we appreciate our patrons very much and thank you all for
1: listening hello everybody this is tim now i was on the show this week because it was actually my first wedding anniversary i got married june 2nd um 2019 and i've been married to my wonderful loving beautiful intelligent uh, amazing wife Maria for one year so that's why I missed the show but I was still you know on Brodo duty and I recorded the show and um, something happened right before the show kicked off and usually you know like I said this is the point where we would end the show off and Derek Brown was amazing I listened back to it what a great interview Derek Brown was so thank you so much Derek but uh before Derek Brown got on the air there was a little bit of a uh a mishap, and it just happened to be all recorded on the microphone. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going through a tough time right now, and everyone could use a laugh. If you're in the mood for a laugh, stay tuned, because without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Michael and Jason versus The Bug in the Room.
0: What's up? Yo, you never muted yourself, and you never made He's Jason muted, the host.
3: Right. Oh, now I'm you're muted.
0: But you gotta make Jason the host.
3: Mash bad.
0: In
1: What is that? Big ass bug. Oh my god, you pussy ass motherfucker! It's huge.
3: <laughs> what do we do? Oh my god. You gotta
0: capture it is that?
3: I don't know. Holy moly.
0: Dude, it's like a flying spider.
3: <laughs> Those don't exist. <laughs> yeah, to the flying spider in our room. Uh, the you in our room.
0: Jay, come uh, on, while well, it's still on the damn oh, wow. lights. So... <laughs> this dude forgot how to open a no, you had collect a whole new piece. Come on, Jay. It's just gonna find whatever. I don't want to do this. Fuck, I don't see it anymore.
3: Why would you leave? Keep on the world, hush, hush.
0: Oh I know. He just talks of the game for no reason. <laughs>
3: Fuck man, where'd it go? I've gotten better about it. I actually I don't I don't kill bugs anymore, I actually trap them and then let them Well, wait with the vacuum. I don't even see it anymore. Absolutely. You don't just live in the vacuum. Dude. Is that it? I'm the... Nah. Fuck, where is it, man? Jeremy J, why did
0: you stay so damn long? What was it you didn't stay in the room and skip me
3: eyes? Michael's in the Jason needed help with the vacuum. Oh, I didn't! You think I did on top of the... I know, but doesn't that
0: for. I cannot wait to release this in the pages. Can't wait. <laughs> Damn, yo, we're not even able to record anything prior to the interview anymore.
3: Let me record anything. It's nine oh five.
0: Yeah, if we're getting rid of this bug. We're not going to be in the middle of an interview and then a bug comes and we freak the fuck out. Where is it? I don't know where it is. Kill uh, vacuuming isn't going to kill it. How'd you turn it You need to find it first by the buzzers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was walking on it. The- oh, it's oh. right there on the light. Where? Get it, Jay. get Which it. Which light? On the switch. On the fucking thing that you pulled. Oh, it's <laughs> right there. Get it, get it.
3: Come on. <laughs> oh, oh, working? Working? Oh. <laughs> oh, it's oh, not no. working. Oh, it's not working. Fuck, man. It's Come on. Where is it? Oh, nice. yeah. It's up, up, up. He's coming to man. Where is it? All the way up. I don't see it. All the way up. Put it back down. Come back down. Whoa, what? <laughs> it's on the way. Come on. On the fucking ice, dude. Get that Oh, <laughs> This thing is huge, man. No! <laughs> get it, get it, get it. Come on. It's really not strong enough? No. Somehow, the thing's the strongest bug on earth. I was straight up fucking
0: vacuuming that thing and it wasn't captured. Dude, I don't know what it Where is. Where is it? Right there. You think I just get on the cup and I drag it onto the plate, right? Get her doing. I'll go open the door. door. Why are you making me do this? I don't get it.
3: We I'm were... Back, no, you were the bug guy. <laughs> Fuck, yo. <laughs>
1: Dude, you can't be a bitch, just do it. What are you... It's
0: moving. Hold your fucking horses. I gotta get mad close Whoa. to it now. You're right, you gotta get it from this side real quick. No, man. Yes, it's against it this way. I'm not trying to go with my weak hand. the
3: fuck out of here. That's a bad excuse. I already did it
0: back. Why won't it go back on the switch? That shit's mad easy to grab.
3: Yeah, it is. is it? It's on the fucking light. Cover. Cover it with the plate. No, we don't cover
0: the cup and then drag it onto the plate and then All bring right, it, get outside. it.
3: That's, Dude, that's right there. It's in your wheelhouse. No, it's
0: come not. On. It doesn't even... Come on, man. Get on the bed. What is that, though?
3: What is that? Could you just do it, man? Get on the <laughs> It has to stop and I can get it while it's moving. Yo,
0: that asshole, what the fuck is that thing? now it's not stopping. There it is. You said you wanted it on the <laughs> thing. It's on the thing. No, that's now that's too high.
3: Come on, man.
0: How am I supposed to grab it with a you cup?
1: How am I to supposed to grab
0: that with a cup? You push it down with a cup. No, man. It's right there.
1: Go. Get on It's vacuum. just going to fly the other way. The vacuum really didn't work. No. <laughs> you saw it. Here, you want to try the
0: vacuum? Or... No, I don't want to try the vacuum. Here. This thing needs to get out of the fucking. This
3: is what gives it the power. This is the strongest thing here. You want to try it
0: again? no it clearly didn't work Catch in the air wait wait it's coming back down come back down when it's not grass no, no no wait just let it come down nice and calm what is that dude i don't know all right come on that's you got it now can you just do it drop no! paper scissors. come on drop dude, paper scissors. right there you're not gonna have a better shot
3: But what if I? How am I supposed to? Dude, come on, come on! Don't bitch out and don't panic. All the doors are open. You just gotta bring it out. The <laughs> doors are open. All right.
0: <laughs> okay. Wait, don't leave. I'm going to open. No, the- no, no! Outside. You gotta make sure it doesn't fly away. If it's actually in the. i right
3: here. I can see. <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking know. No, I didn't. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Where is it? It flew out. Wait, you had it
0: and it flew out? No, it was fucking, it didn't fly out. It was just, it got out apparently. Oh. All right, that's easy right there, come on.
3: For you, if you're a righty, if you're
2: capturing it, come on, no, I did it. We each take turns trying to capture the no damn bug. Go.
1: Come on, you just did it right there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> You just
2: did it,
3: dude. It's right there. Wait for it to stop moving. All right, all right. See how fast? Oh, wait. No, that's good. Come on. You got it. Fuck. Yo, put the thing on it. Don't try and snatch it. Put the cup on it. If it lands on you, it's okay. It's a big boy. Come to me. There you go. What time is it, man? Nine. Whoa.
0: Oh, I see it. Where? It's on top of the light. Or about,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Get it with the cup. I can't How am I Slide light it down there? with the cup. Could you just do it? I tried yeah. twice. Now it's your turn.
3: Come on. It's only fair. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: see you on the is other side it? of the war. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, it's, it's moving makes. right
0: there. Yeah, oh. just close it and then pull it down. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. No, it's on time. This. Oh, chill, chill. Dude, how do we kill this thing? Oh, you just let it go outside. We haven't sucked the side or something.
3: Put it outside.
0: It's in the back. It can't go outside. What do you mean? You capture it, then you bring it outside. Oh, I meant how do we? Capture it. <clears throat> At this point, killer who cares? We could kill it. Just do
3: something with it. Let
0: me see if we have a razor. Right
3: By this time, we're, we're, I'm gonna
0: have an entire episode trying to try kill a bug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've killed a lot of bugs with Lysol in the past. Seriously? Yeah. All right, just spray the shit out of it everywhere. Anyway. No, but what if it goes somewhere else and then we can't find it? Where is it though, man? It's on the light somewhere. You need more ice on that, man. I'm trying to get it to
3: show itself. <laughs> Here we go. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. We already—it is perfect that we
0: can't do this. No, you
1: just gotta go slow.
0: And then you do it. it. You're down. the one with experience. Come on. Ooh. Oh, see, but it's on the right side. Come on with the no, right you... side. Oh,
1: it's back to the left. Got it. Oh, on. The damn light switch! Go. Where? The fuck? Go.
3: go! Chill, bug. where you go?
1: Rest it on the fan somewhere. Damn it, man. i sorry. the fucking
0: We might have went on top of the fan area. We can't lose it, yo. Turn and off the light. Turn off that light and no. though. Well now the bug disappeared.
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna play this battle. We gotta be a losing battle after many before so fast. A losing battle.
0: What do you want us to go on a hunt for this super
3: bug? Can't wait to expose this to the world. I might just make it a brutal special episode. Shut up. Michael takes a person to escape.
1: What the fuck is this thing? It's a kid.
0: Suck it now. Fucking bug is gone, yo. You think the ice wall killed it? No, not at all.
3: Yo, I bet it's just hiding and it's gonna attack you. <laughs> I bet you that's the
0: <laughs> case. Dude, if you were here, you literally would be doing less than we are.
3: No, I wouldn't. Honestly. I'm gonna start are
0: approaching this like so whack <laughs> and you have got on space i don't know if you know that <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> all right at this point we gotta move the recording location is it up there <laughs> yeah Turn off as many lights as we can to keep it in here. Should we keep it by a lamp? Turn on that lamp or something? Bathroom? Trap it in there? How the fuck can you trap in the bathroom?
3: I just don't know where it went. Alright, it's hiding. We got a location.